Good morning. My name is Jennifer Tell. And I'm Darlene Rempel. And it is Wednesday. And remember, Wednesday is Grief Talk, where we gather and have our coffee together. So if you don't have your coffee, please just grab your coffee. Join us because I am so excited about this theme that we've been working on. And this is about stories that heal. We've talked about the importance of sharing these stories. Right. Mm. And last week we just went through those points like connection, honoring our loved one. If you if you miss that episode, please go back and watch it because that's what we are doing. And we are sharing stories that heal by bringing our guests, amazing guests who have who have just offered to share their story. And we, today is one of those days that I'm so excited that we have a guest that she's just gonna speak from the heart and just share her story a story and story that heal and if you know someone who would benefit or would who'd learn something right like mm -hmm. please share this podcast mm -hmm. with them share our information with them uh today we have an intention and i'll let Darlene say it. my intention is to just listen to a guest with a heart with ears this is it, right? Yes. A heart, heart with, with ears. ears. Sometimes I get it all the other way, but a heart with ears. Mm -hmm. When we listen with a heart of, with ears, where we are not trying to fix, we're not trying to judge, we're just open. Mm -hmm. Because this is our story. We all have a story. And most times when we hear stories, sometimes we try to, to, um, to listen with our intellect. Mm -hmm. And that is not intellect with ears. We want to listen with a heart of ears. So I'm excited today and then, because I don't want to take more time. I'm going to let Darlene introduce our friend. And before Darlene introduces her, I just want to say that uh, from the last episode I shared with some friends that I I have I've belonged to this group called Ultra. <laughs> and this is like-minded group where it's like a support group. And we are doing this learning together for a year and Carrie is one of them and we have not met in person and I'm looking forward to meeting her in person but we feel like family and it's such a powerful thing so I want to say thank you for a guest from Ultra Carrie and uh, just honored that you took the time and the willingness to be here with us so I'll tell you more stories about Carrie later because I'm going to get <laughs> to know her very well <laughs> So let Darlene introduce uh, our guest because I'm too excited to even talk. I'm just like, ah, having <laughs> too much coffee. Okay. Um, so here's Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hello um, there. Yeah. So I'm just looking at your bio quick. So Carrie is a spunky mom of three amazing teens and survivor of simultaneous brain injury. Um, Lyme disease and mold illness who transferred, oh my goodness, simultaneous brain injury, Lyme disease and mold illness who transformed chaos and despair into thriving through soul-centered strategies. Oh, that's, that's so amazing. Now, Carrie is a well-being 
empowerment coach using the lessons she learned through her medical crisis to help other women who are sick and tired of being sick and tired and to get unstuck and reclaim their life of love. That's so amazing. Using a holistic approach that focuses on integrating wellness at the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual levels. Carrie shows them how to connect with their inner wisdom so they can make empowered decisions around their health and whole life. Wow, that sounds, that's amazing, Carrie. Thank you so much for joining us. We well, just, hello, Darlene um, and Jennifer. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so we're going to actually jump right in. We have some questions. I love All right, it. I'm ready. Um, Carrie, you're <laughs> ready. Like, just reading your bio, uh, Carrie, like, my heart is just like, oh, my goodness. I cannot wait. So we'll just go right in and just, please, just share with us about life before the injury. Tell us yeah. more. Tell us about you, Carrie. We just want to know you. Oh, well, that's so wonderful. Yeah, I um, I have these three wonderful kids, and so I uh, was raising them with my husband uh, here in Annapolis, Maryland, and I was working full time for an aerospace company as a project manager. And doing all the things, right? Keeping, I was, I was filling my soul. I was filling my, you know, work desires. I was, I was taking care of the kids, and um, life was good. Life was very full, but life was very good. And I, I've never missed uh, being grateful for that. Uh, but when I got sick it deepened, the gratitude de deepened. And what happened is that in about 2016, you know, I'd worked for this company for 20 years here locally. And um, I started bumping into people in the hallway and not recognizing them, not like, it was very clear from the nature of our conversation that we knew each other and we knew each other very well and that we'd worked together, but I could not pinpoint their name. I could not pinpoint their, uh, their, the work department, how we work together, any of these things. And it was very disorienting for me, particularly having a pretty close to photographic memory. So I was starting to have this happen and I would look around and I talk to my friends and I say, you know, is this weird? You know, are you noticing this? And they say, oh, no, no, no. You're just a busy mom. Oh, no, no. You're just not getting enough sleep. Oh, you know, working full time, doing all these things. It's just, it's just the stress. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear that it wasn't real. <laughs> um, but as the next two years went on, it grew and mm. these patterns grew and I was compensating more and more to make up for memory and cognitive issues that I was having that um, I didn't want to admit. But then in 2018, I, I started noticing other people notice mm. I, and I, I said, okay, now I, I really need to do something about this. So I went back to my doctor again, my primary physician and said, hey, what can we do to look into this? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you go to the doctor just to, like, make sure there's nothing seriously wrong. Like, you, you, your goal is to hear them say, you're good, right? Mm -hmm. And when I went through some of the diagnostics with my primary physician, he concluded that my brain showed patterns 
um, my brain shown patterns consistent with Alzheimer's. And uh, I was 43 years old. My kids were nine, 11 and 13. I felt like the world had shifted on its axis in that very, very moment. And I was, I was devastated. I was shocked. I was stunned. And of course I needed to get a second opinion, right? Go to a specialist. And so I went to a specialist and I was told that it wasn't a matter of if dementia, but which dementia. And so I want to be really clear at this point, because sometimes I forget at the end, but this was a misdiagnosis. Right? Oh. So thankfully it was, it was a misunderstanding of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point I didn't know that. And for a very mm-hmm. long time, I did not know that. And uh, I was told it's not if dementia, but which dementia. And in order to figure out which dementia we, um, had to do a a series of diagnostics. And one of those diagnostics um, I walked away from, I walked out of the office with pain uh, running down both my legs. And within a week I had spasms running up and down my spine. Within two weeks I had lost, you know, it was cumulative. It was growing and growing, growing rather my body was imploding on itself. I lost my ability to speak. I became hypersensitive to light, sound, and motion to the point where I was forced into literal darkness and quiet. I had a systemic lightning bolt running, uh, pain running down my limbs. I had a fatigue. And this fatigue, there, there isn't a word in the English language that really captures the level of soul-sucking void of energy that comes with this level of fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately I had, uh, about eight months straight of daily vertigo. And so mm-hmm. all of these things, my, I, I, I mean, I, I, I lost, I lost who I was. I lost mm-hmm. who I thought I'd be. And I, mm-hmm. I, at this point thought that it was the end, mm-hmm. right? It was dementia rapidly escalating and I was rapidly falling apart. And for me, part of the greatest grief was what this meant for my children, what this meant for them and their lives and their innocence, really. And so I'd love to come back to this, but I want to finish what happened. And so a, a, a year and a half out after tons of gaslighting after tons of um, medical minimizing and telling me it was all in my head that I was making this up. You know, we learned that I had a a rare form of stroke that was a, a a side effect of one of the diagnostics. And um, then a year out from that, we learned that so this is now two and a half to three years out from my initial uh falling apart and uh we learned that lyme and mold illness were major factors in my illness and in my symptoms and likely very likely the cause of the uh misdiagnosis they gave the they they gave the uh appearance of dementia, but in fact, it was the Lyme and the mold impacting my nervous system and my uh, brain. 
among other things. So um, it really was about a four to five year journey. I'm, I'm about, um, I'm five years out now. So it was about a four year journey in, in through a ton of darkness, a ton of overwhelm, just being just swallowed up by the fear and the, the loss and the grief and the anger. And oh my God, I am so grateful that today I have found ways to get through that loss, grief, and anger. I found ways to get to manage the symptoms and to find a life of thriving. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, yeah. Wow. Those losses, right? Like I can just see them piling, piling, piling up as 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 you went through those four years. Um, well, and it's so interesting too because I know a lot of what you talk about is the loss of life, mm -hmm. the bodily life, right? But this was a loss of life while still living, yeah. yes. and and it's a different. It's it's still very much loss, mm -hmm. but it's a it's a weird dichotomy to hold being alive, but having that type of loss. And, you know, it's loss for me, how I, how I moved through it is there came a point, you know, part of it was my faith in, in something greater than me guiding me. Part of it was finding people in my community who could support me and remind me that I, I still mattered even with my loss of functionality that I still mattered, that they mm -hmm. still cared, that they still needed me here. Mm -hmm. You know, there's points, there's points where I thought this is, I can't do this to other people. I can't let them see me fall apart. Mm -hmm. Like I can't let them go through the pain mm -hmm. of me disappearing from this world right in front of them. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, you know, Carrie, that is so powerful. And that's one thing we also talk about in our grief talk is that, yes, like for us as a life of a loved one, but other losses that compile. Mm -hmm. So even the loss and the thought of the kids, yeah. right? Like it's huge and you're carrying this. Tell us, how did you navigate with the kids? Were you able to talk to them? Well, so, you know, there's so much I wanted to shield them from. Mm. And, you know, there are very different ages. And part of what my husband and I did is we we talked with a counselor and we we got with a counselor who helped us understand how to best navigate those different ages wow. and to be age appropriate with them. And, you know, it started off as one conversation. And for example, my daughter, oldest daughter at the time. So my husband and I went to this conversation with the counselor and we, we said, okay, this is, we'll, we'll start these conversations tomorrow. Right. It was like seven 8 o'clock when we were coming <laughs> home and it was like, okay, not tonight, but my oldest daughter's pretty precocious. And she, she had in some ways been bearing the brunt of, of the impact 
because of her level of awareness, her level of insight to what was going on. Mm -hmm. And partly I was forgetting things and then getting mad at her for not doing things or for not when she had. So, you know, I, there's, there's remorse there. Um, but I know that's in the past, but we came home and she was like, so where were you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> she was like, where were you? What were you doing? And I was like, oh, well, we were, we we're talking to a gentleman. She was like, who's Dr. Eugene? You know? and, I mean, she was right on it. And she was like, we are talking about this tonight. Oh, right? And so it was a very frank conversation um, that she held very maturely for a 13 year old. And she asked a lot of questions and it was very, um, it was, it just felt really important and really solid. Mm -hmm. And we opened the door for more communication as the questions came up. Now with my middle daughter, it was a different experience. I took her out to dinner. Um, this is at a point where I still could do that. And, um, it was, it, it was before, before um, the diagnostic that caused the stroke. Mm -hmm. So um, I took her out to dinner and apparently she'd had a lot of uh, discussion in school about, um, I think it's CFE, the, the um, brain damage that happens from football and concussions. Oh, okay. yeah. And so she knew a lot about that. And mm -hmm. in some ways that can be a very dismal end as well. And so she was terrified. And so oh. I had to I had to talk her through that mm -hmm. and talk her through what we knew and what we did not know. Mm -hmm. um, and then my son, he was nine. And so mm -hmm. it was a very it was one of those conversations like, hey, buddy, what are you noticing? And, you know, by being curious with him and letting him reflect back what he was noticing, which at the time was I, I, I didn't notice anything with your speech. I didn't notice, you know, anything with these things. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he was like, are we done here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And oh. he, was he was like, I want to go back to my video games. So, <laughs> you know, it, the, the age ranges make a different mm -hmm. difference. Yeah. And over time, uh, we just kept the, the, the communication channels open. Of course, mm -hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't bearing my soul about the terror within my heart that they were going to lose me. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that I did when I did lose my speech, I could still sing. Oh, so I would be silly and I would <laughs> sing what I needed from them. I could, I would, I would just make a joke of it. And that created some levity within the house. Mm -hmm. Wow. So powerful because yeah. this is amazing, Carrie. Because most times when we have, we hear our experience that kind of loss mm -hmm. with hell. Uh, what we've had from people sharing is that we tend to isolate. Mm -hmm. We mm -hmm. tend to not want to share. And this, how did you navigate that? That is right where you are able to seek that support, to seek that counselor. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I don't want to whitewash it, right? Yeah, like yeah. I, there's, there's places of isolation for me, mm -hmm. but um, 
it was really important that I didn't propagate that for my kids mm. yes. and that I knew keeping them in the dark, they'd make up their own stories. Yes. They, they would, they would draw their own conclusions mm -hmm. and I wanted them to have as much truth mm. and as much understanding as they could possibly have. And I knew it was scary for them. I could see it on their faces. So what, what I did is I talked to each of the school counselors and then I was trying to set something up outside mm -hmm. of the school counselors. So they had an external resource. Now, mm -hmm. what was so difficult is they, each one, I would say, Hey, this is a resource for you. Would you like to go see them? Would you like go talk to them? And they said, no, mama, I just want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was just, you know, um, really heartwarming and also um, scary because I wanted to give them another resource outside of me so that mm -hmm. even when I wasn't available, they knew how to use that resource. Mm -hmm. um, so that was one aspect of it. And why I say I don't want to whitewash as much as I was able to show up and create those resources for my kids, mm -hmm. um, ironically, it was a little bit harder to do that for myself. Mm -hmm. um, I was terrified. I was, I felt like no one could understand what I was going mm -hmm. through. I had doctors telling me I was making it up, mm -hmm. um, you know, and really that was about them not understanding what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so they were coming up with reasons just to get me out of the office right? Mm -hmm. um, which is a horrible experience. And it makes you feel unseen and unheard, which contributes to the isolation. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so um, I got scared. I, I was deep in the isolation to the point that I scared myself. When I started looking at other options besides staying mm -hmm. and and I had to, it was, it was like a hand of God was saying, like, you need to reach out. You need to mm -hmm. let other people know. Mm -hmm. And when I did, it shifted everything for me. And, yeah. you know, um, my husband and my best friend and my mom came together and they were like, team Carrie, right? <laughs> And they're like, we are here for you no matter what. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. um, and I got to tell you, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of people who wanted to support me, who wanted to be there for me. And I think when we talk about isolation, mm -hmm. part of the isolation is trying to live our life like we had lived it before. Even though we have this incredibly reduced functionality. And so we we hold ourselves to the standard of not reaching out for help, not being a burden. But that burden is a misunderstanding. And the other misunderstanding is that other people will know what to do. And they don't. There's a horrible burden on us as the patient, as a person who is sick, to say what we need. But that's the only way they're going to know how to help you. Wow. So when I finally, I had some friends who were like, please, please, please let us do a meal train. Let us do this. Let us do that. Tell us what's going on. Tell us what you need. 
when I finally let them in mm-hmm. and told them what we needed or asked for what we needed, it was this beautiful expansion of love and light. Mm-hmm. It was like I there was healing in letting them in. Does that make sense? Yes. Wow, that is so amazing. Um, Because we see it so much that isolation and people just staying in themselves when what they really need, just like you said, they we need to let other people Mm -hmm. um, in and care for us. Wow, that's yeah. Thank you for sharing. No, and it's hard. It's hard to there's there's we're angry. We're already angry, right? We're already angry that we've had this loss. We've already angry that we have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And it it's the misunderstanding that the other people should know what to do mm-hmm. that can create more anger. But when we take responsibility for what we need, mm-hmm. um, it helps us work through the anger mm-hmm. and come from a better place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that is so. That is so powerful. That that is like a mic drop, as they say, <laughs> where healing healing begins when you let people in, because all of us we do the opposite, and you're right because all our hopes and dreams are gone, and we are still trying to live how we used to be. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to let them in. However, that's what <coughs> helps us. Yeah, with the healing. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. so good, Carrie. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, and that- putting it to words. <laughs> wow. And and that's a really important point, Darlene, because there's so, there's so much emotion. Mm-hmm. There's so much um, that's feeling, right? And sometimes we don't feel like we have the words. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't feel like we have the energy to articulate it. Grief and loss has an energetic weight to it that holds us down, that that uh, locks us up, right? And so we, as hard as it is, when you're in that loss and grief, there has to be an inkling of hope and trust mm-hmm. that if you do that extra spurt of energy to ask, to let people in, that it will pay off in thousand folds. That'll come back to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. I have to remember that for myself too. You know, we like to say here, we it's a spot where we share lessons learned, but we also learn in ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We are also learning ourselves. So thank you for that reminder. So just uh, starting to wrap things up, how is your life now? How has this changed you? How is your life different now? What have you learned? Well, you know, as I said earlier on, you know, there, I am a million times better. And, and what I mean by a million times better is not just the physical, but you know, and this is part of the work that I do with my clients is that I have moved through the emotional, mental, and spiritual barriers 
that were blocking my healing and recovery, my physical transformation. And so having worked through those emotional barriers, those mental mindsets that were keeping me stuck and the spiritual disconnection that left me untethered, as I've worked through those things, I found this place of what I call thriving. And there's a misunderstanding around thriving. Thriving, you know, people, I, I think people think of thriving and they're like, oh, well, I'm not a marathon runner. I could never do that, right? Like it's this thing out there, mm -hmm. but really thriving is your version of peace, flow, and happiness in your life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I've achieved that. You know, I'm still living with eight chronic illnesses and yet I'm happy. My life mm -hmm. is full. My life is vibrant. And I think that's possible for each of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you found that place it, and it's different. Like we can't ever go back to the place we yeah. had before. But when we move forward, this is I think what I'm hearing you say, when we move forward in all areas of our life, our physical, emotional, spiritual, all those areas, when we can move forward, we can find that new new piece, right? Yeah. Where we are able to thrive, where we are able to um, live a full life knowing that it's different, right? Than what we had before. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I've said it super clear, but I want to, it's really, really important. The most pivotal thing for me, the two most pivotal things for me around loss and grief mm -hmm. while I was sick was coming to the awareness that the greatest pain of loss was from being stuck in the past of who I no longer was we're stuck in the future of who I no longer could be. And wow. so my power, our power is in the present. Mm -hmm. And when I stayed in the present, when I let go of the past mm -hmm. and I let go of the future and I stayed in the present where my control was, mm -hmm. that was where the healing really deepened and mm -hmm. accelerated. Oh, that is so powerful because that it doesn't matter what kind of loss or what you've gone through in life. That is such a powerful lesson. And uh, I know when we deal with anxiety, it's the same thing. We either live in the past or we're worried about the future. But when we get into the present where you're right, where we have control, where we can actually live, that's when we thrive. Yeah. I love it. So Carrie said two things. That's the one. I'm writing, was, I'm writing uh, down. Yeah, thank you so much. I didn't know if I was going to be able to weave it back in. But mm -hmm. the other piece is loss, grief, anger. They're really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And and none of us want to face it head on because it's ugly, right? It feels ugly. But we have to allow ourselves to move through through it. Mm -hmm. I, I liken it to squeezing down a bowl of jelly, uh, a jello, when we try to ignore it or push it away. The jello comes squirting out all the sides, hurting ourselves and those around us. And so it's not about saying, well, I'll deal with that later. It's not about saying, no, that doesn't exist. It's about mm -hmm. saying, okay, this is real. And now I need tools to move through it. I need to do my work. I need to reach out to people like Jennifer and Darlene and do the work to move through it rather than sit in it. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
I'm reminded in, in our book, we had a quote from C.S. Lewis and it said, um, I never knew grief was so much like fear mm. or felt so much like fear. And so, right, like that, I think what you're describing is that, yeah, that anger, that loss, that fear, that of moving forward and actually taking action um, that can help you. Yeah. Yep. Thank you Definitely. so much for sharing that. I love it so much. Carrie, would, when you talk about tools that help you move forward mm -hmm. and the work you do, could you tell us? Because I feel there's something here that is so deep. Mm. Could you share more about that? Because let's say someone is out there, Carrie, listening to your story and the, the work you're doing now. Could you tell us just briefly what the tools you use to move forward and also the work you do to help people move forward or get through it? I love the jello idea. I'll never forget that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, um, there's different phases as you move mm -hmm. through chronic illness and you move through loss and grief. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of it is acceptance. And mm -hmm. one of the tools is acceptance. Um, and how do you do that? It's, it's, it's about how you, sh how you identify with yourself, mm -hmm. how you identify with the illness, how you identify with the illness in context with other people, right? So it, a lot of it is how you think about yourself, how you think about the world. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm working with my clients, we are looking at the narratives, that we are telling ourselves, the mm -hmm. stories that we're telling ourselves about who we are, what mm -hmm. we're capable of, mm -hmm. and how we're meant to interact with the world. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot of looking at things like limiting beliefs mm -hmm. and, 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 and uh, what's holding us back, what's keeping us stuck. Mm -hmm. And really in the coaching that I do, it's about listening deeply to mm -hmm. my clients and not just listening to the words, but listening to what's beyond the words, what's mm -hmm. in the tone of voice, what's in the body language mm -hmm. that indicates what's really there, what's really under the surface driving the thoughts that's driving the, the feelings, right? Because, mm -hmm. and I talked about acceptance. First is acceptance. Accepting mm -hmm. where we are. It's not about saying, woohoo, this is amazing. This is about saying, here I am. And because I'm here, these are the things that I'm going to focus on. Mm -hmm. And these are the things that I'm going to release. Mm -hmm. So it's awareness, acceptance, action. Mm -hmm. And without the awareness and without the acceptance, you can't take action to transform your life. Mm -hmm. Wow. I cannot write fast enough. This is so good, Carrie. I was like, right? Because all of us, Carrie, we like to share on our podcast that we'll all experience more than 40 losses in our lives. Oh, and this wow. is one of them, right? Yeah. And we, we just don't know. And yeah. just you sharing your story and giving us those tools on how to do it. Like, that's what I'm writing because we just don't know. So for our listeners out there, please, I hope you have a full page of notes because <laughs> we better even get Carrie's contact, Carrie's number, because, you know, it's so neat. I find when you walk with people who've gone through it, right, we can always learn something. Yes, yes. 
And and again, those amazing tools, um, <clears throat> because we can, <clears throat> sorry, get stuck in grief, but we need those actions. Um, and so sometimes we think, oh, grief, time will heal us, right? You just give it time. But if we're not taking those action steps, we can get stuck for all the time, right? Um, so I really appreciate, again, that acknowledging, identifying, and then taking actions to release that. That is that is what we're about. Those are the tools we've been We've been teaching people, right? So I'm so, always so excited Very when we're well on the aligned. same page. <laughs> but um, yeah, so whether you're using grief recovery method or you're seeing Carrie at um, being, well, empowerment, again, it's those tools. And when we can learn those tools, just like, just like Jen says, we're going to go through, we're all going to go through losses. Um, and so when we can have those tools and when we can share those tools, Carrie, thank you so much for sharing those tools because again, putting voice to it makes such an impact and helps us so much. So we're so excited to meet you and to connect with you. And we look forward to um, just having more conversations with you and, and working on this together. It really is a community. We need a community that is all on the same page and can help us, um, can can help each other, right? Yeah. So well, this has been such a powerful, delightful conversation. I am just so awed by the work that you're doing. It's so important that we talk about this and that we, 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 recognize that we're not alone in it and that we create community around it. And I see you ladies doing that. And it's just fantastic. Yes. Well, we're so glad you came. We're looking forward to connecting you and to you in person. Yeah. I know Jen's so excited. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your heart with us and just, and, and that verbalizing those feelings and your experience is so powerful. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Carrie. So if our listeners wanted to reach you we're going to yes. share your information but could you just tell us how can they reach you how can we find you because we need you carrie <laughs> we need to learn from you <laughs> i've kept it pretty simple so my website is carriebakier.com my instagram is carriebakier and i'm pretty sure my facebook is carriebakier <laughs> and even simpler my email address is carrie at carriebakier.com so super super easy just as long as you spell my name right <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. So we'll connect with you. We'll get our, our our friends to connect with you, Carrie, because the work you're doing is great. And I know we'll have more conversations. I would like to go deeper with this yes. conversation. Today yes. was just an introduction to Carrie. You're just scratching the surface. <laughs> exactly. We're yes. going to go deeper. And I look forward to collaborating and doing some more work because our world needs this. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for having me. I did want to share that I have uh, currently offering a um, breakthrough the overwhelm and get your life back planning call. It's a free planning call where you can just get clear on what you want, figure out where you're uh, unwittingly getting in your own way of healing and recovery and revamp your roadmap to recovery. So um, that is something that I'm offering right now. And I'd love to offer to your, your audience. That is so good. Could you send that? What are the dates and where'd we, I'll send you the link so okay, that you send, can post we can that. share. Yeah, awesome. very good link. Thank yep. you for the gift. That that's a, an amazing offer. We'll share that with our audiences and we are looking forward to learning more and connecting again. 
Amazing. Okay. Take care. Thank Me you too. so much.